today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. 18 Canadians have died in a plane crash that took place yesterday. Ethiopian Airlines have now grounded all of its Boeing 737 MAX 8 planes following the crash that has left 157 dead. Uh, Let's talk to aviation expert Keith McKay, McKay International, and is with us now. Keith, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. You're welcome, Scott. Glad to be here. As you uh, slowly go over what we do know about this crash, uh, did anything stand out for you? What, what, what are, from what we know already, what, what have you learned? Well, we know uh, a number of things looking at the, uh, the radar track. We know that the airplane never climbed much more than 1,000 feet after takeoff, and we know that the speed increased continuously from the moment the brakes were released until he impacted the ground. So it's a mystery as to why they didn't slow the airplane down, why the airplane did not climb. We've got some indications that uh, there were excursions in vertical speed as it was uh, uh, moving along its flight track. Uh, sometimes the uh, speed would go up uh, a few hundred feet a minute, then down a few hundred feet. But uh, basically, the net result was there was very little climbing. So uh, this, a relatively new plane, only I think had about 1,200 hours on it. What, what does that tell you? Well, uh, it tells me that Boeing has a problem because of these two accidents being fairly similar and because Boeing has sold about 4,000 of these things they've yet to deliver. The public perception is there may be something wrong with the airplane. The airlines are grounding them. And Boeing has got to reverse this situation. They've got to get in there and uh, identify what the what the problem is, explain it to the public in a manner that they can understand it, and be able to explain that the problem is now solved and we can now continue. So uh, that'll be dependent a great deal on the information that they get out of the uh, the black boxes, as you call them, uh, which have been retrieved and which will be a, a, a lot of good information for investigators. Uh, we do understand that they have retrieved them, one uh, a bit more damaged than the other. What does that tell us? Does that impede things in any way? Well, it depends where the damage is. These things are pretty bulletproof. They're uh, kind of like bank vaults, and you can have some damage to the outside of it that really doesn't affect the, uh, the data that's accumulated and the recording mechanism. So I think that it's likely that all the... Uh, the data that they need will be intact. Uh, as you mentioned, same type of plane crashed into the Java Sea minutes after takeoff uh, from Indonesia, October 29, uh, killing all 189 on board. Um, what does it say w- with that, that these have both happened during takeoff? Well, we know what happened in Indonesia. We know that there was a system failure that was not properly repaired. We know that the flight had the same failure, four flights, and the uh, crews were able to land the airplane satisfactorily. On this, the accident flight, they were not. So that was the result of an improper repair. Had the repair been properly done, we wouldn't have uh, the accident. And as well, uh, if Boeing had provided a little more information as to what the crews are to do, uh, which they had not done and subsequently did, we'd have uh, a lot more information. Uh, can you give us a, a layman's version of, of what happened in that Indonesian crash? I understand that they were basically trying to overpower the plane. The plane was trying to do one thing, the pilot something else. 
well, the airplane was uh, diving, and uh, rather than disconnect the uh, the stabilizer trim, which was making the input to make it dive, they, they failed to do that. Had they turned this off, they would have been able to recover uh, the airplane, but uh, they failed to take the necessary steps. And that was the fault of the manufacturer, correct, that, they, that this hadn't been explained properly? Well, Boeing did not explain it. They felt that there was really no need to explain it. I'm not sure where they came up with that logic, but one of the goals with the uh, MAX airplane was to make it very easy and inexpensive to transition pilots to the airplane without additional training. What they didn't want is one cadre of pilots that could only fly the MAX and then another cadre that would fly the the regular airplanes and would uh, up the training costs a great deal. So they uh, overlapped them as much as possible, which nothing wrong with that, but uh, perhaps they left a little bit more out there than what they should have. Hmm. Uh, any reason to believe that that's probably or could have what ha- been what happened here? Well, to say that would be speculation right at this point. Right. There are certain similarities uh, as to what happened with the two flights, and there's a lot of differences as well. But I think once the uh, the data recorders are, are read, that we'll, we'll learn a great deal, and I think we're uh, going to find that out in a very short period of time. They're probably going to have to be sent to Europe to be read properly, particularly if one is damaged, and then the data is going to have to be carefully analyzed, hopefully with no politics involved, so we get uh, good information, and then uh, whatever uh, conclusions are reached, the proper procedure is going to have to be uh, put in place to prevent an accident uh, and of a similar nature from occurring again. So what happened from a, uh, from a regulation standpoint or a governing standpoint after the Indonesian crash? Um, again, I remember hearing all of this after that crash. W- was nothing learned from that? Well, yes, and they issued immediately what we call an, air, an emergency airworthiness directive that carefully went over the system and provided all the information that perhaps should have been initially provided. And uh, it's the goal of this was to have every pilot that's flying the airplane read this information. And presumably the crew in uh, Ethiopia had this information and was aware of it. Uh, so nothing at this point to suggest that the same thing could have happened, uh, but those pilots certainly would have been aware of what was learned from Indonesia. I would uh, believe so, yes. Um, uh, why do we not hear, or, or do we hear more of this, uh, uh, why are we not hearing more of this from U.S. airlines or Canadian airlines as such? Um, is there any connection, anything, any reasoning for that? Uh do you mean why have the American and Canadian airlines not grounded the airplane? Yes. Well, and and are they I having? Are they obviously are they having the same difficulty with these planes that others are? It's how come some are and some are not? Well, that's a good question, and the reason it's a good question is we don't know how many other times this situation has occurred that did not result in an accident, but yet was reported to Boeing and to the FAA, and. Uh, are being taken under advisement at this time. So there may be other episodes or incidents that contain very useful data that we'll be able to use with this. So that's that's the big question right now. 
Uh, could it be that some airlines are making their pilots more aware of this information than others are? Some airlines being more proactive on this? Well, I think that that's uh, absolutely correct. My understanding is that Lion Air didn't even use the Boeing manual, and uh, so the pilots, even if the information had been disseminated, would not have had it. So uh, we're just assuming that these pilots knew that information from Indonesia and would be able to override any situations that happened in that crash? Effectively, yes. Um, What happens if this is the same thing twice? Well, the way the system works is called an MCAS system. And when they built the MAX airplane, the objective was to make the airplane cheaper to operate by being more fuel efficient. So the engines were much more fuel efficient than in previous versions of the airplane. They were also uh, positioned somewhat differently further forward. And this brought in the situation where if you suddenly had to add power quickly, it would pitch the nose of the airplane up. Right. Now, remember, this airplane's being flown by a lot of people who depend on automation and who don't have a lot of hands-on flying experience. So Boeing put a system in there where if the airplane approached its stall, it would push the nose down. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this could be wrong, but as far as I know, that system depended on only one of the airplane's angle of attack indicators. And that's what failed in Indonesia. The angle of attack indicator failed, and it was improperly replaced, which caused repeated episodes of this happening. The crews there on the previous flights had been able to disarm the, uh, the trim system, which is all you have to do. It's just a couple of switches you have to throw and fly the airplane normally. But uh, uh, this information hasn't been widely distributed, and, or at least it was not at that time, so... That's what we're looking at. Uh, are we trying too hard to cut corners here? Efficiencies, cost, at the end of the day, you know, the pilots need to be trained, no? Well, this may not be politically correct, but the portions of the world that are requiring the greatest growth in air travel are the developing nations. Yeah. And they don't have big pilot pools to, uh, to go to. Uh, they can't hire from their air force because they probably don't have one, and they're forced to train people with no aviation background to fly these airplanes safely. And the way that they do this is by making them more and more automated right. so that the basic flying skills kind of escape and you become more like a computer programmer to operate some of these. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the backup flying skills, when things start to go downhill, uh, the situation can become bad in a big hurry, as we've demonstrated. Uh, will this change a, a discussion about how much automation and, and where we go forward from here? Or is this just a growing pain and a terrible well, one at I, that? I'm not sure what the answer is to that question, because how are we going to provide the cadre of experienced pilots that all these airlines that are growing need? Uh, uh, they're, they're just not there. So we've got to do something, and the, uh, the way that it's being done is through automation. And when it works, that's great. It's just that when it doesn't, it isn't so great. So other airlines have grounded these planes. Uh, what's the purpose of that? What will, what will uh, be discovered moving forward, do you think? 
Well, I think that's a business decision. Yeah. Uh, what has to happen is uh, if, if you're operating some of your fleet with 737 Maxes, with all this publicity, there's a lot of people that don't want to get on that airplane. And if they don't know if they're going to get on a regular 737 or on one of these Maxes, they may cancel a reservation. They may go on a different airline that doesn't operate 737s. So I think what you have to do is say, hey, look, we've got enough of the older 737s that we can utilize to fly our schedule, so we'll just ground these until the situation is resolved. Now, if you've got enough redundancy to be able to do that, that's great. But if you don't, if your fleet totally depends on the MAX, then you really don't have that option. And really, other than uh, a business decision, there's, at this point, no reason to ground the airplane safety-wise, as we don't know that these accidents were related or there's any ongoing situation which would cause a recurrence of another one. Uh, the fact that this went nose down similar to the first one, uh, is that an indicator? It didn't go nose down. Oh, I thought it did. No, it didn't. It, 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 they took off. The aircraft continued to accelerate in a slight climb. It only climbed up to about eleven or 1,200 feet, and it looks to me like it just flew into the ground at almost 440 miles an hour. That's why you got the big hole there. Right. It probably just flew into rising terrain. I, I don't know the terrain in that area right. uh, well enough to say that positively, but it looks like that's certainly a possibility. How much uh, of a concern is this for North American airlines, for airlines that are running out of Canada and the United States? Well, I think it's going to be a a problem. Uh, The quicker this is resolved and the cause identified and uh, rectified, the quicker this thing will go away. But you're going to be uh, in a situation where people may not want to ride the airline because this is the only uh, 7-3 that they're operating and they have no other choice. In many cases, it may be that it's the only way you have, they have to get there. Uh, what? When do you think we will know, uh, Keith? How long is this going to take? Um, I think it's going to happen very quickly. I mean, something is going to happen. They're going to come up with some sort of a finding quickly because they've they've got to resolve this situation. They yeah. can't keep it in limbo with no one uh, knowing whether or not the airplane's safe or doubting the, the safety of the airplane. So it's a big problem for Boeing and a big problem for the airlines that are operating the airplane. Uh, Boeing, a part of this investigation as well. Uh, uh, who else will be joining in, in this investigation? Well, the NTSB will be involved in the United States, the National Transportation Safety Board. Boeing will be involved. Uh, the French will be involved because they make the engines. The uh, uh, the uh, Ethiopian Aviation Authority will be involved, and uh, anybody that uh, has any participation with the uh, anything on the airplane will be involved as well. So it'll be a big team that'll be working here. So basically, if you're flying the the pilots flying this plane, it just basically takes over from you. It's just not responding to what you're asking it to do. Well, I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, we really don't know what happened. And uh, the thing is, I can't imagine how you would let an airplane accelerate to that speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it won't climb, uh, clearly 
if there are flight control problems, you don't want a faster airspeed. Yeah. You don't want one that excessive, and why don't you just pull the throttles back? Yeah. And why they didn't do that is a mystery. So there's a lot of questions. Keith McKay has been with us. McKay International, 18 Canadians have died in a plane crash that took place yesterday. Ethiopian Airlines has grounded all of its Boeing 737 MAX planes following the crash that has taken the lives of 157. Keith, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. You're welcome, Scott. You ask good questions. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you give good answers. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.